This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to a brand new season of Total Saints Podcast. We're the dedicated weekly podcast. If you don't include the gap between football seasons, go into the heart of all things Saints FC. I'm Ben Stanfield, at Ben Stanners on Twitter, and I'm joined by not one, not two, but three podcast panel members. Yes, we have an exciting brand new signing for this year. Firstly, still with us after 17 seasons following and writing about Saints up and down the country, it's the Daily Echo's chief sports writer, Adam Leach, at Adam Leach Sport. Adam, welcome back to a new season. Thanks, Ben. It's good to be back. Dreading it, obviously, at this stage. But yeah, it's nice to be back anyway, I suppose. Yeah, is it, it is 17th season, isn't it? Or is it 18th? I'm sure, you, uh, I'm sure you lost count by now. Yeah, 17 done, careering into number 18. I've told them if I get to 20, in, in the unlikely event I make it to 20, they're going to have to name something after me. So, <laughs> Mary, it's like the, the, the press room or the toilets next to the press room or something. And I've said to them, don't do it when I'm dead, because it's, no, it's literally pointless then. When they do all these statues and things when people have died. No, no, no. You need it when you're alive. The Adam Leach carriage clock. Yeah. Well, I think the Adam, <laughs> the Adam Leach, Leach toilets has got a nice, yeah. nice ring to it. Yeah, well, even if it was just one of them. Yeah. I mean, I take, you know, just like... Trap, trap three. What, I sat on Adam Leach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I crapped on it. I don't, I don't want to make a joke about all your writing bits because that would just be wrong, but uh, there we go. Anyway, right, moving on. Um, secondly, fresh from watching England's remarkable Cricket World Cup final in the flesh, which we'll talk about briefly in a minute, is the owner of saintsweb.co.uk, Steve Grant, at stevegrant1983 on Twitter. Steve, good to have you back as well. Yeah, cheers. It's been, it's been a weird summer. Mm. Um, where for once I've actually managed to switch off from football mostly. Um, obviously had the Nations League finals in Portugal, which was interesting, but somewhat of a letdown, I guess, on a footballing basis. Mm. Um, and then into the Cricket World Cup, which was just absolutely insane. 
and very expensive. Very expensive, yeah. yeah. But at least, you know, priceless, I'm sure. But uh, yes. there we go, there we go. And lastly, as I'm sure you may have just heard a minute ago, I'm delighted to say that we've got a brand new permanent TSP opinionator this season. It's the wonderful Lucy Heiner, at Lucy Heiner. Lucy, welcome to you. I'm sure all of our listeners around the world will be delighted, as the three of us, that uh, you've agreed to be a part of our TSP pod for this season. Um, I was going to ask you to try and sum up your emotions at this moment, which I can only imagine is going to be hard to do. Oh, it's going to be one of those awkward signing videos now. I'm surprised there wasn't something sent over for me to record something. Yeah, and you like could... the Sam Byron one. Yeah, yeah, really awkward. Um, yeah, no, it's good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, mm-hmm. Sharing some frank opinions. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's going to be good, I think. Good, good. Well, very much uh, welcome. As I say, we're thrilled to have you uh, with us for this season and look forward to working on a few new and uh, bright ideas with you as well. So um, look, the season isn't too far away now. Have you managed to sort of keep busy during the off-season, Lucy? Well, we're currently looking to, to buy our first house, so that's kind of been the major stress of the summer. Right. Um, so, yeah. In Sheffield or further afield? No, in Sheffield, mm-hmm. so that kind of makes Supporting Saints permanently awkward, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so says the man living in Scotland, yeah, exactly. But uh, no, that's good. Well, good, good luck with that. And one Premier League football team now as well, of course, in Sheffield United, so that'll make it a little bit easier for you. Yes, good. Yeah, looking forward to September the 14th. It's in my calendar, ready to go. <laughs> good, good. And uh, Adam, you were out in Austria. We saw you showing off your medal, which uh, was for another Ironman, right? Yeah, that's right. Number 10. Congratulations. Yeah, p- taking Thank the mic aside. Well done. That's an amazing achievement. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was good. It was enjoyable, actually, um, but in a funny kind of way, because it was uh, obviously, you know, what the weather's been like across Europe. It was absolutely boiling. Mm. So it was a non-wetsuit swim because the, the water was too warm. Um, it was honestly, it was it was not a nice swim. It was pretty unpleasant, actually. And then uh, out onto the bike and it was boiling hot for the most part until the thunderstorms rolled in and it was just torrential rain um howling winds uh thunder and lightning and uh actually i came off the bike and i was running parallel about only 3k into the marathon with where the finish stand is and all you could hear was the announcer going this is an emergency you must evacuate the area everybody must evacuate and you're like running along like a complete numpty going um anybody remember that some of us out here doing a race at all did that not make you run faster I did a massive PB on my run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Good. Well, but no. it was good anyway. Yeah. Enjoyable. Thank good. you. Good. Absolutely. No, fantastic. And uh, Steve, I alluded to it a minute ago. We all, I think, chewed our uh, nails and watched the uh, cricket final on TV. Um, obviously, it was an amazing experience. As I said, you were there to watch it in the flesh. Um, briefly, total cricket podcast, I guess. But just try and sum up what it was like. Quite an experience. Oh, that was, was absolutely insane. I mean, I only actually got my ticket at half past 11 on the Saturday night. I mean, I've been been trying on all the various platforms for basically since we uh, since we beat Australia in the in the semi final, and like prices on Viagogo and stuff were absolutely ridiculous, like fifteen hundred quid at least. Mm-hmm. Just like nah, not not having any of that. Just play the waiting game and see what happens. And eventually, I managed to get one for a price that I was reasonably satisfied with paying. Yep. With about yeah about ten hours before um, before the start of play. Um, so yeah, got in the ground and. I don't think anybody quite thought that they were going to witness anything like that. No. I think everyone went into it. I think kind of what India did, I, I suppose, in the semi-final, just thinking that well, we beat these easy in the um, in the group stage. They've not really looked looked anything special. We should roll these over easily. Mm. And I mean, it wasn't until halfway through our innings where you kind of think, oh, we're in trouble here. Yep. Um, but uh, obviously, Stokes and Butler 
by hook or by crook somehow got us to a to a super over. I think to be honest, once we got the super over, I was supremely confident that we were going to win that mm. um, for some reason. I don't know whether it was just because I was because I'd had about nine pints of Thatcher's gold by then. <laughs> um, but it was just utterly utterly unbelievable just the way it happened i mean you will not you'll not see a game of cricket like that ever again i wouldn't have thought once in a lifetime experience absolutely which quite often is yeah. like watching saints really isn't it so uh, yeah but steve so. you missed scr Altach versus saints uh during that no so i mean that's a pretty pretty big blow for you i'd imagine oh devastating my husband was pretty gutted that I was sitting there on my phone watching that stream. He was like, can you not see what's in front of you? And I was like, I'm watching Saints. It's very cool stuff. Dear, dear. So, well, there we go. That is our TSP panel. What a bunch. Uh, we look forward to another season of opinions and emotions following Southampton Football Club. Um, look, before we get going this episode, a few mentions. Thanks to Happy Hot Tubs, who've agreed to renew their sponsorship with TSP again for 2019-20. Don't forget, you can get 10% off hot tubs, chemicals and or accessories if you mention our podcast and store. And we're recording on probably the hottest day in the history of the world. So what more could you want today than a hot tub? We're also continuing our partnerships with saintsworld.co.uk and saintsarchive.com, where across the course of the season, we hope to continue to bring you stories and memories of some of our great collection of ex-saints via Will and Leon. We'll also have our highly competitive TSB Prediction League back with Steve fighting to no doubt retain his title at the end of this pod. We're going to do our predictions for Burnley. And of course, there's going to be a lot riding on that over the season. And finally, we also have our TSP Fantasy Premier League returning as well, which I know Lucy is an avid competitor within, so hopefully uh, throughout the season we'll get a few updates from Lucy, maybe some hints and tips on who we should sign, who we shouldn't sign. I know there's uh, over 100 people in our league now, so before I give the code and sort of details of the league, I can't see your name on there, Adam Leach. Basically, you forced me to do it at the last minute last time, and okay. uh, I think it will be exactly the same again. Okay. I mean, I don't, you know I don't like fantasy football, but... I will do it, but only under What's the same wrong with terms. Fantasy football. Sorry, I just have to clarify well, this. Exactly. He oh, gets bored. I get bored. Thank you, Steve. You're right. I get bored. But even you know, even if you've got a team and it just does rubbish, it makes it a lot more entertaining for us when we're trying to put a podcast together because we can just well, mock I, it. I, I, that's exactly what I'll do. But don't expect me to make any transfers or <laughs> to remember a single player that's in my team beyond the first good. week. All right, that's fine. Well, if you can get it done this week, then that would be good. So uh, smashing. Okay, leave it, leave it with me. Good man. All right. Well, as I say, there is over 100 players so far. So thanks to all of you who've joined. You I'm can not f- picking Charlie Austin again. I remember he was in my team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had you had Lukaku as captain, if I remember rightly. So that. If you go to Reese's Vice Captain as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But there we go. Look, you can find our league via fantasy.premierleague.com. And once you've logged in and picked your team, which Adam Leach is going to do this week, you can find our private league via code, which is uh, FHMTZ2. So that's Foxtrot Hotel Mother Tango Zulu number two and then if you put that in you'll find our league right there will be a prize for our winner again I'm pleased to say that last season just about made it across to Bob Brown over in Canada in one piece uh, to be fair he did have to do a bit of gluing and a bit of sticking to it back together but he, <laughs> he got to Canada that was the main thing and uh, the good thing as well is Adam uh, I don't think we've caught up about it but all the three things that we got signed by Ralph got to Oakland to Norway and uh, Skipton of course was the other one that's it very glamorous so uh, <laughs> good so right let's get on with it this is Total Saints podcast episode 79 proudly sponsored for 2019 20 by happyhottubs.co.uk
I'd really love a hot tub, but I don't know where to start. How easy is the process? It's as easy as one, two, three. Who are you? I'm the man who puts happy people in hot tubs. One, choose your hot tub at Happy Hot Tubs. Two, choose your accessories. And three, choose how you want to pay. With 0% finance available on selected tubs, we even accept American Express. You deserve happy. And at Happy Hot Tubs, it's as easy as one, two, three. Happyhottubs.co.uk Right, the aim of the season will be to keep the pod to 45 minutes again, which we just about managed to do last season. So let's start on the pitch, Adam. Um, we're recording pre Feyenoord, but so far a 1-1 draw with Altec, as you mentioned, over in Austria. A young side won uh, 3-1 at Preston, which I know you went to. And then an even younger side, pretty much, beat uh, Guangzhou, I think that's how you pronounce it, 4-0 in Macau. Uh, this will be coming out after the final game. But generally, I know it's about fitness and that sort of thing, Adam, but it's been a positive pre-season for Saints. I think so. I think it has been pretty positive. I mean, it's it's been a, a kind of a weird preseason in some ways. And, um, you know, the structure of the preseason, which we talked about at the end of last season, the, you know, it was not what you would ideally do. And I think Ralph has kind of said that in about as diplomatic a terms as he possibly could. It's not ideal for preparations in, in some ways, but I think the strength of the hands that he's got because of what happened at the end of last season meant he was able to kind of negotiate the best position that he could out of it, i.e. last year's trip to China, as we've discussed before, was an absolute shambles, basically. Um, but I know there's not a lot of sympathy for Mark Hughes generally among the Saints fan base, but you had to have a little sympathy with them because it almost started the season with one hand tied behind their back yep. because of basically what they were forced to do out there, which was uh, absolute nonsense. Um, they've gone to China again this year, completely pointless trip. Uh, the game was a complete waste of time. Did learn very little from that game. And with only the club in town for effectively really 24 hours in terms of what matters, which is, you know, Ralph and with all due respect to Letizia and Lambert who are out there, you know, it's the first team, it's the manager being out there that matters uh, for 24 hours. I think that there was pretty much zero commercial gain from doing it as well. But all they basically did was please Mr. Gal, basically. Mm. That was literally the only point of it. So a slightly odd pre-season to have to go through, jump through those hoops. But um, actually, I think so far, a fairly pleasing one in terms of, of Ralph and, and the development that you can see on the pitch. Um, I, I think that off the field, as we speak, there's there's basically two weeks left of the transfer window. Um, obviously, by the time this comes out, some of that, that will have elapsed. But there's an awful, awful lot of work to do. So I think it's still very early days. We've seen some young players come in and have made an impact, which is nice to see. Um, whether realistically any of those are going to make a, a big impact in the next season or not, I think the, the jury is out. Um, but nonetheless, we've seen definitely a developing of, of the formations that Ralph wants to play and the style that he wants to play. Um, we've seen the players definitely adapting to that. Uh, they look to me like they're pretty fit for this stage so you've got to be happy with that so yeah I mean it's been a pretty soft baptism up to this point but so far so good in terms of what Ralph can immediately work on and what he can immediately affect and I saw a picture at the end with uh, I think Mr Gow out there with a trophy that looked bigger than the Champions League so I'm pretty sure that's Ralph's first trophy so that was amazing as well but uh, look um, Lucy 
sort of Adams alluded to it a bit there. We've seen a variety of players, but I think more importantly, we've seen uh, goals from right over the pitch during those games as well, particularly Danny Ings and Che Adams, who've got a, a couple. Um, che certainly seems to like an early goal. So what did you make of Che Adams signing, Lucy? And what do you think, um, or how important do you think those two could be, Danny Ings and Che Adams, across uh, the season? I think they could be very important, especially if um, Hasenhut is successful in kind of shifting us to this 4-2-2-2, because you would imagine that they they would be the two forwards. Um, and I think Che Adams offers a bit of Ings and a bit of Long and a bit of something else, kind mm. of in a sense that um, I think a lot of the time Hasenhut will want to be a bit more direct, but perhaps Ings doesn't have kind of that raw pace, and he's kind of tended to drop in and let things kind of pivot off him, yep. um, whereas. Adams gives that kind of that pacing behind that long offers, but perhaps with a bit more cutting edge. Um, and it was clear that he was kind of Hasenhutl's um, main target for, for the window. And so I think there's a bit of credit to be given to the club in the sense that they, they clearly didn't get it over the line in January, but they've they've gone back and they've got it sorted out. Um, I think there was a bit of frustration with how long the Che Adams saga went on. Yep. Um, but it sounds like it's been kind of done for a, for a good fee, considering how inflated the market is. And I guess now it's just a case of getting players out rather than in. Yeah, and I know it's early days, but just in line with Che Adams, Lucy, do you think we can win the league? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Good. In fairness to Saints, didn't think that the Che Adams signing did drag on too long. I know you could argue it kind of dragged on from January, but Birmingham were were very, very reticent to sell in January. They made it pretty clear that they didn't want to sell at any price because they knew that they could sell in the summer basically um even if it meant that they you know perhaps if they could have got a panic bar at the last minute they might have actually got a few more quid actually it meant more to them to have him in the team to the end of the end of the season actually this summer the two signings um as we speak and and the two obviously the two major ones that that ralph wanted first and foremost of Gineppo and uh adams did get done pretty early i mean uh, you know by saint standards remarkably <laughs> early i mean I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more and, uh, you know, I've got plenty of thoughts on it, but obviously the, the, the getting out is the problem, getting out the players, yeah, but yeah. actually bringing in the, those two, I think they've done pretty well. And I know Ralph was, was certainly pleased because he wanted, you know, a couple of key signings with him for as much as preseason as possible. And in fairness to Saints, they have managed to deliver that for him. Yeah. Are we looking at possibly the Adams deal where it was completed on July the 1st? And obviously that transfer having been kind of mooted in the press for, I mean, obviously going back to January, but also from pretty much the end of the season up until the point at which he was parading the shirt, it was kind of, oh, this is going to be done, but it's just a case of agreeing terms and getting the formalities done. July 1st is obviously the first day of our new financial year, which obviously is when the Danny Ings signing was um, formally completed as well yep. and we and we obviously know that that was done with financial views in mind so is the Adams deal on a I mean the timing of it is that possibly on on the same level I would think almost certainly <laughs> that was very conclusive good all right Tell. and uh, just on um so is it Genepo is it Adam is that how you're pronouncing it Genepo Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't met him yet, so I haven't asked. So I, I, just, I was going so with go Gineppo, for like. but Gineppo, that well, that's, yeah. that's what I've been saying, but I, I mean, I wouldn't have to say it with any confidence. Well, I had Gen- Genepo down here, but uh, there we go, Steve, the Marlian guy that we signed. Um, what do you make yes. of him? Um, I know very little about him, which 
I mean, sort of five, five, yeah, I mean, five, (laughs) five, five years ago, I'd have, I'd have been very disappointed if there was a player that, that we were linked with that I'd not gone away and sort of done a load of research on. But these days it's like, well, you've changed. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. I've kind of mellowed on it. I'm not the end of the day. The club will make good signings. The club will make rubbish signings. It's, Mm -hmm. it's one of those, isn't it? And looking at the videos and stuff, it looks as if he's got the attributes that we're looking for, principally pace. I mean, that's something we've complained about the lack of for years, isn't yeah. it? So He looks I mean, quite whether... tall in the videos. I mean, I, he's yeah, I mean, tall yeah, and leggy, well, doesn't he? I got yeah. quite desperate to see what he looked like <laughs> and kind of what him, more about him. So I actually ended up watching Marley Cote d'Ivoire in oh, the Afghan. Solid research. Live, live in the dream. See, this is, yeah. this is the sort of effort you guys should be putting in. <laughs> yeah, um, and he, he, he looked really good, actually, in a game that involved kind of Zaha and Nicolas Pepe, you know, quite like high profile. He actually looked like one of the better attacking players on the pitch. Had a few chances that he kind of could have done better with, but yeah. he looked like he had a lot of kind of raw skills that would be quite good for... So he is basically Sadio Mane then, but slightly taller. I can see the resemblance. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. And Adam, you mentioned the outgoing. So obviously a couple of weeks to go, but is it really heavy reliant now on still trying to shift a few of these uh, more uh, expensive senior pros? Yeah, I think so. And and I think that's been the disappointing thing about this summer thus far is gee, as important what they get rid of as what they sign. Mm. And that's quite unusual. And I know it's not very sexy really in, in football terms because fans want to hear about players coming in and the excitement that generates. That's only natural. But actually, from a football club perspective, from a business perspective and from a moving forward, really, perspective in a general sense and also a very specific uh, sense in terms of what Ralph wants, mm. um, the, the sales are as important. And thus far, that, as we speak, has been incredibly disappointing. I mean, the the ones they've got rid of, um, yes, OK, class is gone, but... That was always an easy one. One year left on his contract. You know, it was never going to be renewed. You can let him go for a nominal fee. Fine. That was not going to be a difficult one to do. The other two, Matt Target and Sam Gallagher, are two of the players on the fringes of the squad that you actually wouldn't have probably minded if they stayed. Um, And they could have been sort of backups, options, things like that. Even though they're, they're good deals, I think it's the right thing to do. Actually, they're not the ones that are the problem. They're not the ones that you need to get rid of. The ones they need to get rid of, of which there are plenty, are literally all still there. Mm. Um, And we are beginning, I think, to look down the barrel of more loans. And I think that that is a pretty bad state of affairs for Saints because, um, number one, it does limit the incomings. Mm. There's no doubt about that. The Saints can't. Uh, suddenly load themselves up with with as much as anything else big wages when they're going to be carrying these guys and they've got the liability for however long their contracts uh still remain yeah um also there's there's the aspect of fees but more importantly i think you know ralph wanted early signings because he wanted to get his squad in place his squad is not in place because it is an absolute mess at the moment because Mm. of the numbers that are there you've got players that are uh, out in the cold as it were frozen out you might say um mm. and uh and that's not a healthy situation <laughs> Sorry, senior players yeah okay and uh keep up <laughs> um it's too hot and <laughs> yeah so you've got players that that are, you know the in that situation which isn't good you've got players with the squad that realistically are still with the first team squad but probably are not going to be come the start of the season and you've got ralph 
when I spoke to him after Preston, again talking about a squad of 22 players mm. plus youngsters, and they are absolutely miles off of that. Miles and miles and miles off of that. I mean, they, they could barely be further away yeah. with the number of senior players they've got. And it just goes to show again, um, as if we need any further reminding, that the folly of some of the, the transfer policy that they've pursued or some of the terrible deals that they've done, because... Um, as I said at the time, doing one bad deal you can kind of get away with. But when you do multiple bad deals and you're a club like Saints who do have still limited resources compared to a lot of the Premier League big teams anyway, doing these bad deals, and I think it's hard for fans to perhaps get their head around, this doesn't affect you for a year or two. This affects you in the medium to long term financially yeah. and what you can do. And we're seeing that now. And we might even potentially, if they can't really get a lot of business done we might even see that dribble into affecting this season i think because ralph probably just will not have got quite what he would have liked or what he wanted to do and the reason for that is that for deals that have been done a long time ago by the person who's now in charge of the fa <laughs> um look just before i uh, ask steve on the fence grant about two of those charlie austin and mario lamina um we saw sofian buffel adam embrace ralph hasenhutl like a long-lost brother in dublin um one word answer could <laughs> do warming, wasn't it? yeah it was it was one word answer could do because i'd be keen to get lucy's opinion on it but do you think he has a future with ralph in terms of making it into that squad because i'd love to see him I, th- I genuinely think they could be a magical partnership if he can get him to uh add the work rate that he needs well, it's not going to be a one-word answer, but I'll keep it to a sentence. Okay, that's good. I don't know because I've not asked Ralph. If you want my opinion, the answer's no. Okay, that's fair enough. Lucy, would you keep Sofian Buffel, or do you think he's someone that they should be looking to maybe sell if they can reinvest it in the, the sort of players that Ralph does want? Um, I think you're right to kind of query this whole idea about work rate. And I think even if he was kind of... In the game, kind of, he was, you know, he was committed to the project and was interested and kind of was getting game time. I'm still not convinced that he would be into the kind of high press work off the ball that, that Hasenhutl demands of him. Yep. Um, and as much as I think he's super talented in terms of kind of what he can do on the ball, I'm not sure if he would get into this kind of moving the ball quickly, trying to be super direct with the ball, like making the ball do the work rather than dribbling, which I think for all the issues there are with Lamina, that is another problem with him in the sense that he isn't very moulded to Hasenhutl style because he will tend to dribble um, and kind of use the ball himself than try to kind of bring other people into the game. So that would be my problem. As to whether we should sell him, um, I like him. Mm. In some ways, but I think we probably should sell him on the basis that, like Target and Gallagher, they probably wouldn't have been the people, I would say, on the periphery of the squad that needed to move out. But he strikes me as the type of profile that would attract the other teams that, yeah. that would have interest. And I think it's going to get to the point soon where, as Adam said, we really need to move players on. And it's going to be a case of just who we can move on. And I I could see Buffal going back to France or, or maybe Italy and, and having an opportunity there which would allow the club to bring in someone more suitable perfect all right then uh, i'm looking forward to this bit then so steve charlie austin and mario lamina have had uh, a somewhat interesting summer now uh, seeing them pretty much alienated from ralph's plans what have you made of the actions of those two well it's just pathetic isn't it i mean grow up lads seriously <laughs> austin i'm sure is um fairly self-aware that um there is a significant portion of the fan base that thinks he's a bit of a waster and it's like, well, why are you still here? Um, as with a lot of these players, the club gave him, gave him a big long deal 
because um, we paid Soddle in terms of transfer fee for him. So that meant that the weight of the deal went to the player as opposed to uh, Queen's Park Rangers. Mm. So as a result, I'm sure he'll be absolutely delighted to sit on his ass for the next 12 months sticking two fingers up at us. Yep. Um, while taking home his however much he's on, whether it's what, 60 grand a week, 70 grand a week, who, who knows? Yep. But it's, I mean, Paul Park figure it's there or thereabouts, I'm sure. And that's a problem. That's, that's three, three and a half million pound a year for us mm. um, that we could be paying to somebody who's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Lamina, it's a slightly different scenario because I don't think Austin necessarily wants to leave. I think Austin's quite happy to be here if he's playing. Mm. Lamina's situation is slightly different because he, he obviously sees himself as being better than us, which, I mean, on his one out of five game... Uh, he certainly is. I yeah. mean, I've, I mean, I've said on previous pods, I don't think I've ever seen a player whose best and worst are so contrasting. Yeah. Like genuinely a 10 out of 10 down to a 1 out of 10 where he is an absolute liability when he's not on his game. And I mean, while I, as I say, I think Austin's quite self-aware in, in that regard in terms of fan opinion of him, uh, of himself. Uh, Lamina seems to be the complete polar opposite. He's got absolutely no idea. Mm of the actual reality of the situation where he's putting out this weirdly edited uh, set of video clips, half of which feature Nathan Red. <laughs> With him. the hashtag tonic like lemonade. Tonic like lemonade. Tonic like lemonade. Lemonade. I don't even know yeah. how, that, how that puns it's work. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just odd that he's made up his own hashtag that literally nobody else uses. Apart from now Charlie Austin, who's obviously come back onto Twitter in the last day or two. Yeah. And yeah, it's just odd. The only way Lamina gets a move upwards is by either putting in performances or by showing he's not a dick. <laughs> and at the moment, he's failing on both parts. Yeah. Now, he'll probably get his move because Ralph has obviously told him that he's not welcome and he, and he can train the under-23s or whatever. But they're obviously linked with Man United uh, a week or two ago. And you kind of thought, well, okay, that it kind of makes sense in that they will definitely need a central midfielder. Um, whether they need him, I don't know. The thinking in in the press is obviously that he'll he'll be Pogba's replacement because Pogba will bugger off somewhere else for for even more money. Yeah. Um, but I mean, United's transfer strategy is absolutely bizarre. Is that? I mean, it may it makes it makes ours seem completely rational and straightforward in the last three years. <laughs> and if United interest in him is absolutely genuine then we should be absolutely rinsing them for about 40 million quid for him yeah because they'll pay it they'll get desperate and m- money is genuinely no object to that football club that's it what they're going to do with Maguire, isn't it so it, it's yeah. yeah it's it's a license to print money yeah i mean as you as you say with Maguire, they they'll eventually stump up what um what leicester want yeah um and they'll get the deal done because by the sound of it the player wants to go generally these things happen and the player gets his move once one side or the other buckles a little bit. Leicester don't need to buckle, and they know that, you, and they know what United are like, and they'll eventually uh, stump up the money. So that'll get done. Yeah. Whether they do the same with Lamina, it seems to have all gone very quiet on that front. I don't really see either of those having particularly happy endings. The link today was Wolves, wasn't it, for Lamina? That's what I've seen. Wolves need bodies, but Wolves are very much in in the mould of their manager, in that they're very much a you buy into the project or or you don't come here um, type side. I reckon you should uh, be signing off all your tweets now, Adam, with uh, tonic like leachade. I was thinking about that while uh, Steve was talking. 
Maybe put out a sort of clip of your favourite stories that you've done over the last few years, or just sort of few, head, few headlines or something. by other people. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So look, moving uh, back to uh, just have a chat about some of those structure changes then. Lucy, um, it will have been noticed by fans, of course, as part of the announcements in and around Ralph, that um, Dave Watson's taken on the role of assistant coach and been replaced by uh, Andrew Sparks, who's come in from uh, Orlando Pirates. So uh, what have you made of that change? Arr. Well, nice, nice I mean, it's difficult to keep a straight face <laughs> when you discuss this. Yes. Just because, I mean, there have been questions for a number of seasons about the form of our goalkeepers mm. and the kind of inconsistencies they have. And it just seems a bit of a strange coincidence that as part of the restructure, we might want to change our goalkeeping round a little bit. But, you know, I'm not going not gonna to go any further than that. I'm sure Oof. Dave Watson is really good at his job. On a positive note, Sparks comes with, you know, quite a good reputation. I think there were a lot of Premier League clubs interested in him. Um, There's that kind of tenuous Red Bull link to the whole RB Leipzig Salzburg thing. Mm. Anyway, um, but, you know, I think it's it's a good thing in the sense that there was clearly something wrong with goalkeepers. Mm. Um, They're clearly trying to do something about it. We've. Well, even even the... Gunn turned into a wreck at the end of the season, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he cost Adam the uh, prediction lead, didn't he? Of course. <laughs> Legend. Yeah, it's just, when it happens to three goals in a row, it's just too much of a coincidence. I know. I was going to make a joke about Andrew Sparks being a bit flashy, but uh, I won't do that. Um, Adam, then in and around the club, of course, Mr. Gow was uh, announced as chairman. Martin Simmons, as you'd outlined, was uh, confirmed as chief executive. Toby Still, managing director, still, and then Ross Wilson as football operations lead. It does seem like quite a while ago, and of course, uh, the world has moved on a fair bit then. But uh, your general reflections on that? Do you think that'll bring some stability that the club have needed? Hopefully, uh, I mean, it was as predicted, really. I guess the only thing I would say was that there did seem to be a bit of uncertainty as to what direction they would take on the football side. And it is interesting that they've plumped for Ross to stay, Ross Wilson to stay in uh, football operations, given Mm. that obviously has carried a lot of the can and a lot of the blame for some of the recent dud signings. Yeah. so that was that was interesting that they they obviously thought about that and decided that for now to at uh, least to, to to keep with him and then the others were the changes we expected. I think that we can hopefully expect some stability and the reason I say that is because these are Mr. Gao's changes now as whereas there was a there obviously very odd period where he came in and and uh, took majority ownership of the club but then just did nothing. Mm. And just let it continue, which is a very odd thing to do when you spend the kind of money that he had spent. Um, but now these changes are obviously instigated by him. He's put himself and his daughter Nelly into what chair and vice chair, basically, of the ownership board and also the football club board, yep. um, which puts them into obviously a big position of power. And then he has picked the team below that effectively so you think there'd be stability because as long as those people uh, are competent at their jobs then uh why would he change it they're his people now they're not the just the people that he inherited he's had the chance to do whatever he wanted and this was this was what he wanted so you'd imagine that should bring uh, a lot more stability and uh hopefully a club that you know remain united and everybody's kind of singing from the same hymn sheet and yeah, I mean, Mr. Gow is obviously going to be providing the leadership now, I would guess, and the overall 
direction and strategy obviously not the day-to-day stuff but more blue sky thinking if you like as to where the club's headed um and and how they're going to get there is going to be based on on what he thinks so you know let's let's see what what he's up to see what he's about i think we're going to get a pretty clear indication as time goes on hopefully it's not going to be all um mysterious sponsors and non-available kits <laughs> well, well that's a that's a fantastic link because i was just going to ask steve on the fence uh, grant about the sponsorship deal so the sponsor then steve um which was uh, launched in partnership with the club and two saints legends matt letizia and ricky lambert i had to chuckle at trying to think about how the chinese would have understood ricky lambert talking bless him but uh, there we go it's a quote a brand new sports content marketing and entertainment platform ld sports and it was communicated via the club as the biggest sponsorship deal in the club's history <laughs> Sorry, giggling, on the giggling, line? In, giggling in the back row there. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading this from the website. Um, anyway. I know it's just stated it said so. I'm yes, sorry. well, yes, apparently that's what it is. But uh, Steve, I saw it to be. Uh, I think it was the uh, sports intelligence guy. Is uh, I forget his name now, but I'm sure uh, the Nick other day. Harris. Yeah, Nick Harris. I think it said it was about seven and a half million per year. But uh, any no cons- idea where he got that much. Got that <laughs> probably made from. it up. Literally plucked out of thin air. Any concerns with uh, you on that one, Steve? Um, I don't know. How much these days do we put stock in who the club deals with as a company? Mm. Um, so, for example, how many people would have kicked off if, for example, we'd have had what Huddersfield have had with this Paddy Power unsponsoring the shirt thing of yeah. basically going going back to a retro shirt, but we're going to string it out and pretend that we're doing this absolute monstrosity. Yeah. How many people would have accepted that? The thing is, it's um, revenue, isn't it? I mean, as long as they're paying, and, then who cares? This, eh? Well, this this is this is the thing. This is the this is the other angle. In the Premier League, where cash is king, mm. do we just say, well, we'll do a deal with whoever as long as it's the highest bidder? Yep. If you're comfortable with the club doing a multi-million pound, multi-year deal with a company that, to all intents and purposes, has Doesn't exist. <laughs> well, yeah, has basically been set up for the purposes of sponsoring Southampton Football Club. Mm then fine. Um, I genuinely don't really know my thoughts on it in terms of uh, whether I'm for or against it. I think, I mean, ultimately, if the money comes in and it's all and it's all kosher, then fine. Yeah. It just feels weird. There's something about it and I can't really put my finger on on it, what it is, but something just doesn't feel quite right about it. I think I'm with you on that. It feels like another one of those kind of loopholes that clubs are now finding to deal with kind of financial fair play and and those kind of things Mm. trying to get money into the club and and this is another one of those ways of doing it i mean i think we've seen several clubs sell their stadiums and then hire them back to themselves you know that kind of like yeah weird thing that's going on i think there are a number of these derby done that haven't they yeah there are these like weird arrangements clubs are coming up with now to try and get more money into the club basically dangerous Um, game they're playing i think those ones Mm. yeah definitely yeah ending back on the pitch then adam just to finish up on the pod look we know saints are notoriously slow starters in the premier league their uh, record speaks for itself but uh you made a point at the end of last season, I know you've spoken about it through the summer when we've been in touch, that uh, the club are keen to sort of maximise the feel-good factor in and around Ralph. So, well, you know, we do have to play everyone twice across the course of the season. The, the first sort of six to ten games look pretty tough in terms of uh, Saints fixtures. Yeah, I've got to be honest um, and say that I generally don't get all that vexed about the fixture list coming out. I just, I'm more looking from a sort of slightly selfish point of view. Of- ice cream, that sort of thing. Well, yeah, and how it clashes with other things that I've already got in my diary or doesn't and things like that. Uh, so I think, oh, you play everybody twice. But actually, I have to say I was a little bit guided for Saints and for Ralph when I saw the fixtures this year because 
I just had that feeling, you know, there was a real sense of uh, of momentum, wasn't there, at the end of last season, and mm. the sort of feel good factor beginning to return, and this optimism under Ralph. And yeah, I'm not saying that it would be a, an unbelievable season, regardless, because I, I think that's probably too optimistic given everything that's been and and the amount of of change that needs to occur yep. and the amount of time that is likely to take to enact. In truth, probably longer than Ralph's tenure will be mm. uh, to actually sort out the kind of pickle that they've got themselves in as a football club. But I kind of thought, well, there's, there is a, a chance of a really great season. And we all remember the great year under Koeman where it spent so long up in fourth, second, third, fourth type area of the table thanks to a great start. And yes, they, they obviously then tailed off a little bit. I wish but we could huge, do our pod then. Yeah, that huge <laughs> feeling of momentum was so tangible and it was a great a great moment and i thought well there was half a chance and it was only half a chance there was a slim opportunity that that might still be able to happen this year not perhaps quite that extent but a great start and then you'd have this optimism of where everybody could go and that would feel really different for the last few seasons it's not to say it's impossible they're still only playing games of football against another 11 men of course they could win them but the chances are in the Premier League, you don't win that many away games in a season unless you're one of the big six. And their away games generally are kinder. You need to pick up your points at home and their home games are generally awful mm. in, the, in that first opening period. So the chances are that Saints are not probably going to be in a great position. And so that momentum will have largely ebbed away. And yes, they can pick up some momentum later in the season, but that will be momentum in terms of probably a charge into mid-table which will still be great yep. but it, it's not the same as when you have that at the start of the season and under Kuma I just remember that feeling of my god this is like it's fe- it felt like anything was possible at that stage and yes all right it, the wheels did sort of come off a little bit but it was that great feeling I just think the fixtures have been very very unkind and they, the odds are that they probably robbed Saints of any chance of that realistically happening this year, which is a real shame because I think we're all realistic. If Harson Hootel turns out to be as good as people are pinning him to be, then I think we're all aware that, you know, we might only get this season out of him. So it'd be a real shame if it, if it's kind of ended up being a bit of a sort of a dribbly season, if you like, and mm. you know, which is, I think on balance, probably what it's most looking like right now. Yeah. I suppose the hope, Lucy, and that's what I'm uh, clinging on to, is that you might catch a few of the big boys uh, a bit cold and nick the odd extra point here or there. Mm, you're very optimistic. Well, I'm trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that fourth game, Man United at home, you know, hopefully they're in a bit of disarray, haven't got the signings quite melded in properly. You could see something there, but I think Liverpool at home, not a lot happening there, is there? No. Um, and well, I tried. that game's not been moved for TV. Yeah, I am too, actually. Pretty much every Liverpool game's on telly, isn't it? Well, exactly. I think it's going to be a case of getting to, say, the beginning of November and, and not being in too bad a state, as negative as that sounds. Because <laughs> uh, then it kind of turns into quite a good run looking at it here. Um, yeah. yeah, I so, mean, if you could be bubbling around, even if it was 14th, 15th or something like that, come that sort of time then you've got real optimism because then you've got a lot of those big games out of the way and you could turn around and go, right, we haven't got to play those matches again now and we've got a lot more of the teams you'd expect to be around us. And, and mm. then they've got, that gives them a realistic chance of, you know, then getting that momentum for a top half finish. But yeah, you don't want to be, you know, sort of 
five points from five games, you know, or, or eight points from eight games, that kind of territory. If what you're looking for is kind of a top half season this year. Yeah. All right, then just before we uh, move on to uh, final part with our prediction league, then let's, uh, let's totally tempt fate and try and get all of us to uh, come up with where we think Saints are going to finish this season. So uh, Steve, we'll start with you. Where do you reckon uh, Ralph can guide Saints this season? Which position? Well, he can guide us to, to seventh or eighth, but I don't think he will because solely on the basis that, yeah, I mean, as Adam alluded to, the momentum is going to be in a different direction. And ultimately, I think Leicester have done some excellent business this summer. And I think they're going to be seventh. Yeah. And I, I actually think they'll be seventh by some distance. Mm. And then beyond that, it's a bit of a scrap. West West Ham look all right. Uh, Wolves. I mean, if, if Wolves get through to the Europa League and they've still not made any signings, then they're in a world of trouble, actually. Yeah. But I think for us... 13th mm. and but it will be a 13th that will be significantly above the bottom three as opposed to the last two years where we've finished 16th and 17th by the skin of our teeth yeah i think this season we'll go into that sheffield united game on the, on the final day being probably double figures clear i like your optimism that's good so at uh, least what do you reckon well i'm a bit gutted because i was going to say 13th i'll say you can still um, say 13th that's fine well, it feels unoriginal now. No, it um, does. He's stolen your thunder. I'll say 12th to be Oh, I was going to say 12th. Wow. <laughs> so I've forgot their first now, so you'll have to change it. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I think the, the point being that the hope is that we're looking up the table rather than yes. looking behind ourselves and, and worrying about the relegation zone. I think anything really where we're not worrying about relegation, kind of 15th upwards, I'm actually quite comfortable with. It, mm. It's the fact that... I don't want to be sat there all season worrying about if we've collected enough points and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, somewhere around there. Mid-table of security would be a beautiful thing this season, I think. So, uh, come on then, Mr. Confidence, where do you reckon? Well, uh, there's been a bit of talk about sort of that bracket 9th to 14th, and I, that's where I see Saints, somewhere in... You can't have the whole bracket. In, in that bracket. Well, I can narrow it down, <laughs> but I'm giving you an explanation. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um that's where I see Saints anyway, like probably more of a Bournemouth type season mm-hmm. in that there'll be some good results and some surprise results probably against some of the big teams. There'll be some runs of good form and there'll probably be some runs of terrible form as well. I don't think that there's enough has happened thus far. This could change it, but thus far to the squad to think that, yes, Ralph's very good, but you're still going to always, you've got the players you've got. Yep. So, um, I don't see them sort of breaking seventh, eighth realistically. So ninth to fourteenth, because I don't think they'll be be struggling either. And a season where a bit like Bournemouth, most years you kind of get to about that period four to six weeks out from the end, and you basically know you're safe. Yeah. You might not quite mathematically be there, but you know you're not going to be sweating basically going into the last handful of games. So I go with Lucy. I go for twelfth as well. I think. Okay, so you're taking 12th. Perfect, all right. Um, I should probably go with 20th now, my record of uh, predicting on Saints, but I will go, I'll go the other way. I was going to go 14th, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm still I'm still very, very nervous about this lack of a centre-back, Adam, and I appreciate everything we've said about uh, trying to get players out, but uh, still causing me uh, sleepless nights, to be honest with you. But uh, there we go. So uh, look, I know we've not spoken a lot about the younger players. We're going to try and keep the pod to a certain amount of time this time, but uh, we'll try and have a chat about some of the younger players over the next few weeks. Um, let's move on to the prediction league for 2019 20 as uh, we won't have another pod now before the Burnley games um, it's uh, just 
just as a reminder, one point for a correct prediction. So if Adam, for example, said Saints to win and uh, they did win, but he got the score wrong, then he would get one point. It would be three points for a perfect prediction. So if Adam said Saints to win 3-1 and that happened, then he'd get three points. It's fairly simple. I keep a very, very, very in-depth spreadsheet on my laptop of all the scores so that there's no cheating. Uh, Lucy, you can go first. Ladies first, obviously. Um, it's quite difficult because, as you said, that that whole centre-back issue is making me quite nervous. Oh, I, yeah. But I'm going to pin my hopes that we'll have sorted that out by the time Bernie comes around. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but um, so with that in mind, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Uh, excellent. So Lucy's 1-1. One, one. Uh, Steve, I've got you down as next. Yeah, I was probably going along similar lines, I think. Probably with us conceding in the 95th minute again. But, um... <laughs> From Jay Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, look, well, yeah, I mean, I've just had a quick look at Burnley's pre-season. They've not been, not been all that spectacular. They've beaten Crew, Port Vale and Fleetwood by the odd goal, odd goal or two. And it's been, I guess you'd say they've been very Burnley. <laughs> um, so, I mean, J-Rod is going to be an issue possibly, but then he was rubbish for West Brom against us. So... Who knows? Um, I think we've looked quite sharp at times um, mm. from what I've seen in the in the preseason games so far. Speaking to a couple of friends of mine who are Preston fans, they basically said that they were very impressed with us, but um, kind of tempered it with the fact that they thought that their lot were an absolute bunch of wasters. So kind of take that result and performance. I with think every set of fans is like that, aren't they? They uh, generally perhaps, think their team's but, a bunch of wasters and everyone else yeah, is good. Yeah, I, I think um, Preston seem to have issues with... They're not happy with the keeper. Um, I mean, obviously saw the uh, Danny Ings' first goal. Mm. Um, Stanfield. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, um, just dreadful. So they, um, so they, they think that they're probably going to struggle this season. So. Um, I feel like you've getting... got a long tandem to get to this. Point. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I'm trying to talk myself into a win, but. I'd... Go on, just do it. Yeah, by Preston's goalkeeper. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0 somehow. So, Burnley nil, Southampton 2, based on Preston's goalkeeper. Based on Burnley not having... Yeah, based on Burnley not having Peter Crouch. Fair enough. Okay, cool. Right, Leachy. 0-0. Nil, 0-0, nil. Nil, nil. good. All right. Uh, what does that leave me then? Uh, well, we've got four of us now, so we're going to have to have some overlapping predictions, I guess. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. True, true. So, yeah, yeah, fine. Okay, well, I'm going to stick with Lucy, I think, and go for a 1-1 one, one then. So, that's fine. Yeah, I think we can we can have the same predictions this season, can't we? So, uh, good. All right, 1-1 one, one it is. Thanks for listening to our first podcast of the season. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. And providing we get a couple of hundred listens, then that's going to take us over the 100,000 mark since TSP's inception in 2017. I looked today, I think we're on about 99,700. So, uh, you know, thanks very much for the ongoing support and uh, particularly for the comments and feedback on our last episode, our Marcus Lieber tribute with uh, Noah and the guys. Um, we look forward to another successful season, hopefully. And it's very much with uh, you guys out there being the most important cog in our world. So thanks for listening. And uh, until next time, don't forget our TSP Fantasy League, also Patreon. And we'll catch you after the Burnley game. Keep marching in.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.